I was I was a daddy's girl. I went with my father everywhere. When he'd go preach, I'd go with him. And I used to go with him to out to my Aunt Ella and Uncle Jim West. We'd go out there and sit. But I was always with him. And, and that's strange that when he died that day, I can't remember any real emotion. Daigute. Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. On today's program, we'll hear the first part of Virginia Johnson's story as she shares about her early years and one decision in particular that would impact her for the rest of her life. Hi, my name is uh, Virginia Johnson. I'm a member of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians in Cherokee, North Carolina. I'm the daughter of Joseph and Thelma Sanook Johnson. And I have seven brothers and four sisters. I come from a really large family. All my life, I, or in my early years, I was raised in church and I can always remember my dad bringing even my older brothers they were teenagers then when I was probably about four or five when I remember and dad was dad would make us all sit down on Christmas Eve and he would tell us the birth of Jesus and uh, from from there and, and going to Bible school, I can always remember hearing about Jesus, about his death on the cross, and uh, and why he died, that he died for our sins. My father worked most of the time. He was employed with the federal government, so we lived in federal housing. And uh, a lot of the other children when we were in school thought that we were well off and uh, only because my father was a federal employee and we had the federal housing to live in. I began the first grade in 1956. We didn't have kindergarten so I went directly into the first grade. And I went to school in the day schools. These was a spinoff of the federal government boarding schools. I went to one of these schools until I was in about the third grade. Or they put me in the third grade room. I was in the first grade room for one year and then they moved me ahead in school to a higher grade. And about mid-year, I remember hearing my mother and father talk about consolidation of, of all the day schools that were out in the communities. There was one in Birdtown, Bico, Soco, and the Snowbird communities where I lived. And at that time, when I was growing up, there was only a... I can remember the enrollment for the Eastern Band was 7,000. So I, 
later years, I began to realize that uh, we were, my mother was one that spent time in the boarding school, and I'm one coming out of the day schools. We're coming out of, out of a time where Indians are beginning to be accepted because I can remember my mother when we were younger. She would always sit me and my brothers down and tell us to never forget that we were Cherokee. My father was a pastor. Uh, he has been as long as I can remember. And uh, we were always taken to church. And uh, as we moved into the consolidated schools, I came into touch with people I didn't know and, and it was it was hard to go to school there because when I went to the Birdtown School we were a close knit community and um everyone just knew everyone so when I went to this other school it was difficult for me. I can remember my brother next to me whenever things would get hard in school he always he always turned up so he was always there with me but like I said I had seven brothers and four sisters and I'm fourth from the youngest so I I just had a, a big family all the time with me my father passed away when I was like 11 years old I didn't feel the pain then because I really didn't understand what death was because there hadn't been a death in my family or one that I could remember. I remember the day that he died, me and my sister had been up the road. We were up the road and we weren't supposed to be because we weren't allowed to go out the home much. And we had got into an argument and we was coming home. And when we got home, my sister-in-law was there, and she was cooking supper. And uh, I asked Edith, I said, where's Mom at? Because me and my sister both wanted to get home to tell on the other one. And she wasn't there until our argument was forgotten about. And people kept coming to the house, and uh, we, we didn't know why. Then my mother comes in and uh, she seats us down and we're living in this really crowded house. My brother and his wife and three children lived in one bedroom. There was another bedroom and me and my mom and my brothers and sisters that were left, we slept in that one bedroom. My dad slept in the living room with two of the youngest children. So we lived in a crowded home and there was no privacy, but I can remember her sitting us down on the bed and telling us that he had died, but I don't know what she said. I just know that at that point we knew it. And I can remember my brother next to me really crying but I I was 11, but I can't remember really an impact that it had on me until later years because when I was younger, 
I was I was a daddy's girl. I went with my father everywhere. When he'd go preach, I'd go with him. And I used to go with him to out to my Aunt Ella and Uncle Jim West. We'd go out there and sit. But I was always with him. And, and that's strange that when he died that day, I can't remember any real emotion until later. <clears throat> Upon graduation from high school, I guess it carries on back with what my mother always told us to. I always remember that we were ending, and so when I went to college, I went to, uh, Has it was called Haskell Indian Junior College at that time. And I went to school out there, and I never knew that there were other Indians outside of Cherokee because I'd never been out of Cherokee. So when I went out there and met other Indians, I just, I guess I just felt like I thrived in it. I, I don't know. I just really had the opportunity to meet others, and, and that's what I did. And I can remember going downtown with me and some friends, and this one girl had been in boarding schools, and she kind of led us through what we were, where we were at, and what we were doing because I'd never been to boarding school, and uh, we went down to this bar, and and we were too—I was too young—to get into the bar. Because back in the younger, my younger years, I was allowed to skip two grades in school. So I only went 10 years to school, which normally took other children 12 years. And so she said, well, since you can't go in, we'll sit out here and I'll go bring us some beer out. So she would go in with her cup and come out and we would drink. And that was my first experience with drinking alcohol i'd seen it growing up as children and playing around uh, along the river banks we always found somebody's uh stash that they had left or had forgotten it and growing up in the home i did with my father we would me and my brother would uh we'd pour it out sometimes and then sometimes we'd feed it to the dogs that were they're with us and so we'd watch them jump around and stuff and uh i can remember from my childhood that that stuff didn't smell good and so when i would be sitting outside the bar and was drinking that i can remember sitting there knowing it was wrong and knowing i didn't like it but i wanted to be like my friends and so i drank and I stayed out at the Indian school for about three months, and, and I, I wanted to come home, and so my mother brought me home. When I come home from school, I quit. I come home in October, and I had no more and gotten home than I realized that I had made a mistake. Because that, to me, I was having fun out in Kansas, and... It wasn't that fun at home. And so I stayed at home that year, and I worked in a place called the Cherokees, and I really wasn't old enough to work there, but I just had a few months till my 
18th birthday, so this lady, Mary Jackson, hired me and let me work. And so I worked there and reapplied to go back out to high school, and I went out there and stayed for three years. And I never graduated, of course, I was, if they could have passed me from hanging out in the bars, I guess I'd have got a good grade there, but I, uh, I didn't pass at high school, and I come back home and, uh, begin working again. The decisions that we make in our youth can impact us for a lifetime both for good and for bad. Thankfully, this is not how the story ends for Virginia. And if you find yourself in a mess, it doesn't have to end that way for you either. God has made a way to rescue us from our sin. And that way is through His Son, Jesus Christ. He died, He was buried, and rose again so that we could be forgiven and have a new life in Him. God tells us in the Bible Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. My friend, this can be your story if you'll turn to God and put your trust in Jesus Christ. If you have any questions, you can write to us at The Storyteller, P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. That's P.O. Box 1001, Bemidji, Minnesota, 56619. Our phone number is 877-766-4648. That's 877-766-4648. We're also online at withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now there's more to Virginia's story, so join us again next time as we listen to The Storyteller.